When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And as many of you know, I am obsessed with the blues. Now, I've told you stories about going all throughout Mississippi and some parts of Alabama around these blues markers and like just trying to capture everything. We call it a living legend. I drove down to Bentonia, Mississippi to the Blue Front Cafe to host none other than Jimmy Duck Holmes who would host me at his establishment that his mother and father started years ago that he would take over that would become a hub for not only the blues but for that community. And so without further ado, here's Jimmy Duck Holmes. Jimmy, thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me today. I wanted to start out just talking about uh, here in Bentoni at the Blue Front Cafe. Tell me a little bit about this place. How did it start? Well, my mom and dad started it in 1948. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was a year old. And, uh, my mom and dad had always been self-employed, basically by way of farming row cropping and they seized on the opportunity to start the blue front again in 1948 and I took it over in 1970 As a matter of fact July 1st 1970 I came to own the manager okay so um, just what is it what does the blue front mean to the Bentonia community like uh, is it kind of like the hub well, yes, a hub, a social gallery, information center, and of course I keep, I try my best to keep it original because I don't have as many supplies now as my mom and dad did. When I can remember, they had a lot of staple food like flour, meal, salt, pepper, cooking oil, and that type of stuff to, to, to be able to accommodate people that didn't have transportation would come here. Wasn't, wasn't doing no heavy grocery shopping because back in the day, in the black community, they didn't do heavy grocery shopping because they pretty much raised everything on the farm that they needed with the exception of a few items that you could that they couldn't raise. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so uh, what is, uh, historically, uh, what's the difference between um, a juke joint and a juke house? Uh, I have learned... A juke joint 
especially a place like this one, and most of them was licensed. A juke house was a place, somebody's resident, where they would set aside a certain area of the house to have party and entertain people, and the house was also a living resident or a living facility. Like I say, it was a place, especially during farm gathering season, when the cotton processing place was right next door, you had farmers would bring their cotton to, be, to, to get processed. And in the meantime, it was a long, sometimes you might have to sit all day before they could get to your particular cotton. Mm -hmm. And they would come in here and buy snacks. And, and maybe the wife had told them, when you, when you come back home, will you bring me some flour? Will you bring me some meal? And again, my mom was able to accommodate them either by way of the flour meal, or maybe they wanted to buy a snack, like a hot dog or fish salmon or something like that while they were waiting for the cotton to get processed. Okay. So uh, just going back to your childhood, um, Henry Stuckey, how did uh, how did you meet him? Well, he was my neighbor. <laughs> about uh, probably 10 steps different from where he lived and where I lived. As a matter of fact, my house, or our house, was right in the back of his house. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, his guitar was the first guitar I put my hands on, like in 1957. And at different times, he was sitting and entertain us. When I say us, my sisters and brothers, and his kid, and mm -hmm. he would sit there. And I guess that's when I became interested in playing a guitar, learning to play a guitar, when I seen him doing his. Mm-hmm. So, uh, about how old was you when you started playing his? When I started fooling with his, 10 years old. Okay. Uh, so, was the Bentonian style already established at that point with Henry, or uh, was it still being... Yeah, but it wasn't. At that particular time, I don't think it had a title like Bentonian style. All it was, is they played guitar and played the blues. And it's my understanding that it got labeled as the Bentonian style of playing when Henry got discovered that he could play it and they traced it back that he was from Bentonian. They started calling it the Bentonian style of blue because it said it was such a unique sound. Yeah. Is that like opposed to other Delta styles? or it's, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. totally, the sound in it is now. What, uh, what, what, do you, what do you say is like uh, some of the unique values of it that makes it different? It's the way. They, it's the way. No, this is my understanding. Of what I what I watched mostly from Jack Owen, and a guy called Henry uh, Jacob Stucker, which was a distant cousin of Henry Stucker. It's the way they perfected the G string. Now, some professional musicians or professional music people say it's tune open mm -hmm. or either minor. I let them argue about that because I don't know. Yeah. I know how to tune it, but what what kids tune in, I don't know. Okay. And so, uh, what about Skip? Uh, when did uh, Skip James? Uh, did when did he come into the picture? Was he right there the whole time when you were learning? No, he was. He had already moved away. He came out a couple of times. I never asked the guys to play with Skip like I did with with Henry and Jack Owen. They all got him to play with Skip. I met Skip Basil a couple of times, but he had already moved away and he came back to visit. And at that time, not knowing, he 
was such a good top player as he was. But now, Henry Stucker taught Skip to play. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that wasn't known until later, later year because they never really bragged about it, never boasted about it, or something they did. And I don't think, it, I don't think either one of them wanted to get no credit for it. Now, I, I was very acquainted with Jack Owen. He didn't boast about the style. He didn't boast about who he learned from. Him. He didn't boast about what, whether he was a great guitar player. He did it because he loved it. Mm-hmm. He didn't play to compete. He didn't play to, to win awards or nothing. He played because he could play, and he would play just as hard for one person as he would for a hundred. And I guess they all were like that because sometimes he would come here be nobody in here but just me and him. Mm-hmm. And he would play just as hard. I mean, we sit back here. He would play, play with field over people. Was it the internet or how did uh, folks like Dan Arbach and uh, you getting uh, out of Mississippi, how did that happen? Uh, it's my understanding he, I ain't gonna say heard about me or found out about me. It has to do with the, with the internet not so much as the internet, the video, then maybe the internet also, mm-hmm. the way he found out. To my understanding, I never even questioned him about that. Never questioned him. All I know, a couple of so years ago, as a matter of fact, he reached out to me through a guy called Michael Short, asked me did I mind coming to Tennessee. And I thought he just wanted me to come to Tennessee just for a social visit. And for the record itself, Cypress Grove, I had no idea that he wanted to record. Mm-hmm. So when Michael asked me, will you, will you go to Nashville with me? Will you ride? I don't got no problem. I wasn't doing anything, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking going just to hang out, maybe do a gig or something somewhere around Nashville. Not to record, not that I had any problem to record. And they had a, a four-day recording session schedule. We were in the studio that Tuesday morning, and basically I finished what he wanted me to do in a couple of hours. Because I went back the next day to kind of, he wanted to make sure everything was correct. And, but in reality, I did the song on that particular uh, CD, probably some more that he didn't put, didn't release, did it in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, they was expecting it to take a couple of days, right? They had schedules from Tuesday through Friday. Mm-hmm. It's understandable because a lot of times they want you to do this particular track, do it over again. You might end up doing the same track four or five times before you decide which one they're going to keep. My thing on that, when you're recording or whatever, when you're playing, you don't lie, don't fabricate, don't rehearse be truthful. You have to rehearse it a lot. You don't have to rehearse the truth. That's in anything. And people wonder how, how can I get up there, sing and play. I sing and play from reality. You follow me? Yes, sir. I mean, I know it makes a difference when you practice or rehearse. But my thing is, if you're going to do it from your heart and truthfully, you don't need to practice the truth. You might need to rehearse or practice because you want to know how much time you want to spend on one particular song, three minutes, four minutes, but going to rehearsal, 
particular song, a particular lyric. You know why? The old guys couldn't read nor write, the ones I learned from. So they couldn't rehearse no lyric. Mm-hmm. It was all memorized. That's right. It was wrote on his heart, huh? Uh, what about um, playing at the Ryman, um, opening up for Jason Isbell? How did that come to be? It uh, didn't mean nothing to me. Okay. I'm serious. Now, people thought I would have been rejoicing. Mm-mm. Not nothing. I would be just as candid, just as polite, just as foregone as if I were opening for you. Okay. And no disrespect to those guys now. That's you, right. You don't no disrespect. They are great musicians. They got great band. I guess people thought I should have been jumping up and down because I was opening it up for them. Guess what? Never heard them play. Didn't know who they was until I got there. Until after the show. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yeah. I didn't know who Jason Isabel was. Didn't know who was uh, was. I didn't know. Didn't have a single idea. Yeah. Even when I walked on stage, I didn't know who I was opening for. Yeah. All I knew they wanted me to play. I'm serious now. I knew they, whoever organized wanted me to play. Yeah. What about um, life outside of music? Um, working at Yazoo uh, County School System and, uh, like, I don't know, a lot of times uh, people just focus on one aspect of the person's life. And uh, but, I mean, what about working in the school system and retiring from that? Uh, you mean how did it relate to mm-hmm. what I was doing or what I did? Yeah. I did what I did from my day job wise, and I did or do what I do from the music wise, and it, neither one had a bearing on the other one. I performed my duties in the school system. I performed my duties when I do do music. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would always tell the people on my work on my in the school system employee, don't think of me as a guitar player, as a blues player. When I'm at school, think of me as a county school employee. On my day job in the school system, I tried as much not to let what I did away from my day job override me mentally on my day job and vice versa. What I did for my day job with the county school system when I came to the Blue Fund and go to perform, I tried not I tried my best not to let either one override me mentally. <laughs> so far it's worked out. Yeah. Oh uh, to go back to some of the uh, the old blues festivals, um <laughs> What did that look like um, just here in Bentonia? I've heard uh, some stories about like these old gatherings and just people coming together and it, it'd be like an old time festival. Well, it, never, it didn't, it wasn't my intention my mom for it to be a festival, you know, with a large crowd. And when we first started it back in 1972, we basically supplied all, all the refreshment, the beer, the soda pop, the food, we gave it away. And no cover charge. We tried doing a cover charge and it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 
to be backed off of that free admission. And of course, you always got someone to know that it takes money to do an event, and they would contribute like donation stuff like that. Pay you twenty dollars, ten dollars. Keep it going, man. Don't don't let it fall. This is a great thing, and it grew to the fact that it's, it's one of the uh, not the longest running festival bluegrass in the state of Mississippi. I'm not gonna say the longest festival. Because my understanding, I don't know, I don't research it, it says one of the longest running blues festivals in the state of Mississippi mm -hmm. started in 1972. I don't research that, I don't know. Yeah. And even, uh, y'all still held it this year, right? Huh? It was still held this year. It was just oh, a little yeah, bit different. Oh, yeah, we kind of downscaled it. Uh-huh. Instead of going out on the farm, we did it here at the Blue Farm. The inside of the Blue Farm was the green room for entertainers and the front porch was a stage, and they said it was the best thing that could have happened, media-wise, because the performer performed on the front porch of the stage, and the media was filming it, and they got the whole appearance of the Blue Farm Cafe. Couldn't have been a better idea, and they told me don't ever change it. Always do it at the Blue Farm. So, yeah. Which, it's a lot less work on me. I have to be running back and forth on the Blue Front to out in the country. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, just, uh, you know, the blue front and what it represents for the blues. It, it, it wasn't like nothing we planned other than we knew we couldn't have it out in the country because it, it, they didn't want us to do that. Uh -huh. I didn't want to do it. And with a pop-up thing, let's do it at the blue front. You, the front porch for the stage, worked out perfect. Yeah. Had it kind of roped off so that people couldn't get too close to the stage, to the musician, worked out perfect. Yeah. Well, I'd, um, just to um, <coughs> just to walk it out of the door um, with the Bentonia and maybe some young cats listening. Um, it, it's a lot in the tuning, but what what advice would you give to these young players uh, trying to learn uh, learn the blues? Well, I I do workshops, and it's their intention, guitar wise now music wise, they want to sidestep the, the blues sound. I told them you can't do that if you play guitar. You're going to, I don't care whether it be jazz, gospel, country, whatever, you can't play a guitar unless you run some blues lick. I'm aware of it. You can't do it. Huh. Can't, I don't care. If you pick that good guitar and play it, you're going to play some blue note and you're not aware of it. Okay. So my thing is, you can't play a guitar if you can't play no blue. It's not, maybe it's not your intention. You got six strings on it. That's right. All licks come from those six strings. And now how you incorporate them, I don't know. But you can't play a guitar unless you run some blue licks. Mm -hmm. No way. It's highly impossible. And what uh, last time that we got together, um, you know, I was asking you about uh, uh, the strum hand. Uh, so throw them picks away, but uh, like just adding that bass line, I guess that's kind of what made you. Yep, and uh, you can't play the you can't play the Victorian style of blue with it 
what they call the finger pick that's locked between your thumb and your index finger. You mm -hmm. can't you can't play Bitonian style with that happening mm -hmm. because the Bitonian style at certain time all ten fingers have to be ready to go. Now you, you can like Jack Owen play with finger pick. Mm -hmm. He had a, a pick on each finger from his thumb all the way across. But each one of them was individual pick because he knew he was gonna have to use all those fingers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one thing that separates the Bitsonian style of blues from the Delta, Chicago. Chicago and Delta, there comes a lot of time they bend the string. Bitsonian style, you, you do a lot, you, you do a, not a lot of strumming, you do some strumming, but no string bending. Or you push the string up to get that. Yeah, straightforward in that regard. Exactly. Yeah. And some other style, the Bitonian style, you more or less run your own bass line. So you got some, some guys can do it, some guys say they can't do it. So it's too complicated. It's not complicated. You got to practice, 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 and practice to be able to run your own drum, own bass line. With your thumb, while you're doing your, your rhythm with your other four fingers. Yeah. So uh, Henry and Skip didn't do that. You brought that in, right? Yeah, I couldn't incorporate that. And I, uh, and I learned that part from a guy called Tommy West. Uh, I'm not saying Henry and Skip couldn't do it. Yeah. But what the videos I seen of them and heard, they, they didn't. They basically didn't have a bass line. They basically didn't have a bass line. Mm -hmm. and, Jack, now Henry, not Henry, Skip did some finger picking, like singling out individual strain when he was picking. Jack didn't do that. I mean, all his stuff was, was, did, was did simultaneously with each, each strain. But in some of Skip's song, he would do it sometime like that. And then again, he had a lot of more songs he did where he was singing out each individual strain. Yeah. But he also liked playing with a, a harp too, right? Who, who skipped? Yeah. Not as much as, as Jack did. Look, both of them could do it either solo or if they were on a harp, a background. I didn't know but one person could follow Jack with the harmonica with Jack playing. That was Bud Spire. One reason being, I can't say that about Skip. They, Jack didn't have no format at the four count, eight count, did The counts within their heart, they changed when they felt like changing. Not because this particular era required eight count, or just one four count, or the next one twelve count. Jack didn't do it like he played, and he changed when his heart said change. And I guess he and Bud Spice had, been, had did it so much together. Bud knew when he was going to change. But the harmonica Bud knew exactly when Jack was going to change. I guess because they had played together so long, so much. Yeah. Uh, and just with the tuning, um, you know, you mentioned whether it's tuned to a minor uh, key or a, a minor chord. Is there any other tunings that you like to play around with when, when you're playing? You can do a little bit of all of them. Now, I can show you what, what, what they say about the, the mine and the open. Again, now. Uh 
Yeah. Ninety percent of the time, them guys kept the G string locked in in the first fret. Even though you, even though now I'm trying to professional, the professional say that's that's minor. But when you turn the string a loop, they say it goes to open. Uh -huh. the different. I don't know. That's what they say now. I don't know. Yeah. Minor. Yeah. It's minor. And they say when you turn it loose, it's open. And them guys were so good, they could do a thousand songs, different sound, never twist the string. They say, I don't know. Yeah. They say it goes over to, what's they wrong? They say it goes over to minor without twisting the string. Yeah. Now, I don't question it. Yeah. I just don't. So, uh, is, that the, is that the only tuning that you like playing with? Do you ever do any kind of other tunings? I do. I like that one the best. Yeah. Because that's what my fans like. Yeah. So I try to satisfy them. I got you. Well, uh, Jimmy, I don't um, have any other questions for you. Thank you so much for uh, taking oh, no the time problem. to sit down with me. No problem. That's why I told you to come early, because I know if you had waited up in the day, I was going to be up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be able to do it. Yes, sir. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever app it is that you listen to. Thank you in advance. Tell a buddy. Share it on your social media. Special thanks to Gilbert Val, Philip Sable for uh, helping making this possible. Spent a lot of time in my life driving Mississippi, parts of Alabama, to these blues markers. Trying to breathe everything in. Little did I know that a little bit down the road that I would be sitting in that Blue Front Cafe with none other than Jimmy Duck Combs and having a conversation like this. I hope you learned just as much as I did. And I hope it's enough to spark your interest and to get you to dive just a little bit deeper And what is very fundamental of what crafted not only a lot of the different genres that we enjoy today. But also where it came from. And I'm out of here. Thank you all so much. Share it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.